who know me will realize that normally, after what we've already had, I probably wouldn't even attempt to preach. But but I got a word from God. I got a word from God. Hallelujah. So we're going to we're going to bring to you what I feel like God has put on my heart. Amen today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Second Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7, a well-known passage of scripture. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be slaves. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? What have you in the house? That's important. And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow you vessels outside of all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when you are come in, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and shall pour out into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her, uh, upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stopped flowing. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and live you and your children from the rest. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you, God, for this service that you have given us. And now, Lord, I feel like, God, that you have touched my heart with a special word today for this assembly. And I'm asking, God, that you will enable me now through your grace and through your anointing to bring forth what you would have us to have today. In the blessed, holy, mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Turn to your neighbor and ask them this question. Is there any oil in the house? Hallelujah. Turn and look at somebody different and ask them the same question. Is there any oil in the house? Hallelujah. Although I have not preached from this text in, in, few, in a few years, it's been several years since I've taken a text from Second Kings, the fourth chapter, yet this Old Testament story of the ministry of Elisha is well known and well used by many people. You hear it all the time. Um, I heard an excerpt from it um, when I was in Hot Springs. Uh, and the, but the thought that I have for today's message, it came to me while we was at our general conference in Hot Springs uh, as um, somebody was reading these scriptures, and they talked one way, but I'm, I'm taking it a different direction. 
um, today because this is the question that the Holy Spirit put in my soul. Is there any oil in the house? That's an important question. It's a question of life or death. It's a question between bondage and victory. It's a very important question. The plight of this widow woman can be easily related to by many people in this world today. Many people have lost homes and uh, and uh, automobiles and one thing or the other. I I watched a brief videotape the other day of what has become known as everybody calls Nashville Nashville's tent city. The cardboard shacks and old raggedy pieces of tent line a certain section up and down the Cumberland River where homeless people are at. And it's not just like it was 20 years ago when it was mostly uh, uh, derelicts or winos or something like that, but there are whole families there. There are mothers and children that are living there now that this time last year had a roof over their head. Uh, it's become known as the tent city. Uh, so a lot of people can relate to this story of this widow woman and the plight and the predicament that she was in at the time that this taken place. You see, her husband, who had spent his life working for the Lord, had died and left her in debt way over her head. Um, let me stop right there. There, We still got, although it's not as bad as it used to be, but we still got a lot of people in various ministry positions. For some reason or other, they think that once they've been called by God to do something, be it preach, teach, or sing, or whatever it may be, that that ought to be the focus of their life, and they shouldn't worry about nothing else. But I'm going to tell you something. God always expects you to take care of business at home. The Bible said, if any man failed to provide for his own and members of his own household, he has denied the faith and worse than an infidel. God never called nobody to pick up a Bible and go out somewhere and preach and leave their wife and children at home alone to fend for themselves. He don't do it. That's against the principle of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This lady's husband had been a minister, been a prophet. And he died, evidently. He died suddenly. It was something he wasn't counting on. And now this lady was in debt way over her head. And the creditors was banging at her door and about to take her two sons and make them slaves in order to work off their debt. And if that would have happened... She would have had no means of support whatsoever because 
it was evident that these two sons that she had was 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 the only ones that were just bringing a little food in the house. And if these creditors had been allowed to take those boys off and uh, claim them for his own to work in his fields, then she would totally been without anything. So uh, she went and cried to the prophet, the man of God. And when she appeared, appealed unto the prophet of God, uh, he asked her a question. He says, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? That that's kind of struck something with me as I was reading that and, and and studying that, and I'm reminded by a lot of things in the scriptures that God seems like has got a pattern of how that He works miracles and provides the things that people need. In that is this. God usually, if you got a need, God usually provides whatever it is you need with what you've got. Now, the Spirit spoke strongly to me about that. I want you to think about it for a moment. She said, well, I don't have anything. I just, she said, this, this pot of oil is the only thing I've got. But God usually always, no matter how small or how insignificant it may appear to the natural eye, God usually takes what's in your possession and uses it to transform into your miracle. Give you an example or two. When Moses stood on the banks of the Red Sea with well over a million Israelites standing behind them, him. And then in the distance, the dust going up to the heavens where Pharaoh and his army was coming down upon them fast and hard. The only thing that Moses had was a staff in his hand. And God said, you take that staff and stretch it out over the water. And God used Moses' staff to bring deliverance through the sea. Elijah wore a mantle about him in his life that was a symbolic, amen, of the power and the anointing of God. And when he went to heaven, that mantle fell back down. Elijah picked up that mantle. And it was that mantle that when Elijah went back to the Jordan River and he cried out, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And took the mantle and he hit the water and the waters, amen, dried up and parted. He used the mantle in the hand of Elijah. Over and over again, you can look through scriptures and you can find instances where God took something in somebody's possession, amen, and used it to wreak, amen, a miracle, hallelujah, amen, this poor widow woman, amen, she didn't have anything at all, amen, there was no, uh, there was no bank accounts, there was no CDs, there was no 401ks, there was no retirement plans, there was no death insurance, or life insurance, or whatever you you want to call it the only thing she had God took 
And he used that to be the vehicle of her miracle to give her to the deliverance, amen, that she, that she needs. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She said, the only thing I've got, amen, amen, is some, some oil in a pot. God used the oil in the house to bring deliverance to her and her sons. Church, listen to me for just a few minutes. The oil in the Scripture is a type and a shadow, or it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And if you've got some oil in your house, oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying today. I said the oil symbolizes the power of the Holy Ghost. And it don't make no difference what you are up against. It don't make no difference what kind of struggle that you're going through. It don't make no difference how the devil is attacking you. If you got some oil in your house, you're going to have a victory, my God. Hallelujah. The problem with a lot of people is they still don't have any oil in the house. Hallelujah. If you've got some oil in your house, then you've got the means of the miracle you need for any situation. I said, if you've got some oil in your house, then you've got the means of your miracle. Hallelujah. There's a couple things I want to share with you concerning this about the oil. Hallelujah. Number one. The first thing I want to talk about is that our strength is never enough. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't strong enough. Hallelujah. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. Our strength is never enough. Too many people attempt to overcome things or to do great works for God by their own strength and ability. Hallelujah. But God knows who we are and all of our weaknesses. If he knew that we could accomplish things by our own strength and power, he would never have ordained for every believer to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit upon their conversion. So why in the world have we still got so many people, even Pentecostal churches, sitting back? Amen. They know they don't have the Holy Ghost. Never been filled with the Holy Ghost. What in the world are they waiting for? You ain't going to survive without it. You ain't going to make it without it. You might get by a little while on the preached word. Yet the preached word has got some power to it. It can give you some overcoming power. But I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody ever has. Nobody ever will make it to the end without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have some oil in your house. My God. Hallelujah. God expects... Look at your neighbor and say, God expects. God expects, hallelujah, you to always keep some oil in the house 
so you can draw from it when you grow weak from temptation, trials, or simply everyday living in this world. There's some times, there's some times, church, that maybe I'm not being tempted by nothing. There might be some times that I'm not going through some kind of trial. But I want you to know some, just everyday life in this world is enough to put you under. You don't believe that? Well, let me tell you this, then. There ain't nobody going to get out of this world alive. Hello? Lord of God, you're not going to be able to say, hey, Jake, put on the brakes and let the earth stop and you should step off. Hallelujah. Sometimes, <laughs> glory to God, Pentecost people will go around, man, we'll go around, we'll, we'll go around rebuking the devil. Rebuke you, devil. I'll stop this devil. We'll, 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 uh, We'll, we'll, we'll rebuke Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud, man, you need to straighten up. We'll rebuke Aunt Sally. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll rebuke everything and, and everybody. We'll rebuke the Republicans. We'll rebuke the Democrats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When we don't have enough God-given sense evidently to realize that is sometimes it's just everyday life we got to deal with. Hallelujah. I hate to disappoint you, but you ain't all that important to the devil. The devil moves in greater realms. The devil's out here trying to engulf whole nations, not just one individual. Matter of fact, the devil usually don't never take the time to go to bother nobody. He'll send one of his imps. He'll he'll send one of his evil spirits, unclean spirits around. But none of us are, hallelujah, uh, as important as we think we do. We think we always got the devil on our back. Hallelujah. Wow, Brother Sammy. Hallelujah. Well, now if you'd, if you'd get a little more oil in your house, you might get the devil more stirred up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. As long as we just carry around a little thimble full of oil, you, you, you ain't going to make the devil take notice of you. He could care less about you. Hello, somebody. Let me, let me share something with you here. Glory to God. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good right here in the spirit now. Hallelujah. A lot of people... A lot of people is all time praying and seeking God for more power, more nothing. This is something else that God allowed me to see just not, just uh, just uh, recently, not, not not long ago. Uh, hallelujah! Yeah. I, if I if, if if this was in my Notes ahead of time out of plan for this, but it wasn't it's just in my spirit now. But everybody knows what a thimble is. Hallelujah. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. You can you can bellow and and moan and groan and carry on from now to doomsday for God to give you more more power. 
But you're not going to get more anointing, no power, until you first increase your capacity to hold it. You got to you got to increase your capacity before God will give you more anointing. Hallelujah! Now I can I can go down to Florida off the coast of Florida, and if I got if I got a little thimble in my hand, and I go to that big vast body of water, and I I, I I can go there all I want to, but if a thimble is all I got, that's as much water of that ocean I'm going to get. Hallelujah. But if I if I pitch that thimble back and I stick a bottle in there, what have I done? I've I've increased my capacity. Listen to me now. Hallelujah. If I see this is not enough to fight the devils I'm fighting to fighting or going through, Lord God, then I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get me a big empty tanker. And I'm going to be able to put a whole lot more in that tanker than what I can put in here because I've increased my capacity. I, God is speaking to somebody in this church this morning. There's, there's somebody in this, in this building this morning. You have been praying, God, you, you want more anointing in your life. But God's telling you right now what you've got to do to get it. The oil of God is a very special commodity. God will not allow it to be wasted. Yes, brother, it's precious. If you want more of it, you've got to increase your capacity to receive it. Hallelujah. Well, but oh, I, 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 I want more of it. Okay. I, I, I'm telling God that I, I, want more, I want more power in my life. I want more of the Holy Ghost in my life. But uh, I work. I work all day. I get. I get home, and I, I, I run to the easy chair and kick off my shoes and put it. And I pick up this thing and I start going. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wife trying to talk to you. Shut up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something was said about a mute button, but uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me coming home from work and sitting down in an easy chair and spending the next few hours stretched out in an easy chair, amen, flipping, flipping, it's not going to it's not, it's not increase my capacity for spiritual things. Hallelujah. Oh, but I'm listening to preaching. I'm going to tell you what, you ain't going to find no preaching hardly at all that's going to increase anything. The only, the only thing you're going to find on that TV is something to decrease something. Your pocketbook. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. All you need to do is send, send Brother Sammy a $900, and I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something on you like you ain't never felt before. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna increase your capacity, amen. By sitting watching TV, amen. Or not, it's gonna take it's gonna take some sacrifice. It's gonna take you spending some time in a prayer closet. 
It's going to take you some time by calling your wife, amen, before you get off work and say, sweetheart, just don't cook me no supper. I don't. I don't want you to, you know, uh, to uh, uh, waste uh, time over that hot stove tonight. Because I just feel like when I get home, I man, uh, everybody's been driving me crazy on the job, and I'm, man, I'm all keyed up. I just, I need to forget you know, that supper plate tonight. I just need to go go back in, a, in an empty room and do some praying and fasting. If we had some men, Amen, in this house started doing more of that, brother. Lord God, you talk about an explosion of the Holy Ghost. You talk about seeing blinded eyes open. People come out of wheelchair. We would see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The trouble with a lot of us, we've been spoiled by God's blessing and goodness. Hallelujah. God's like a like a good family, a lot, lot, a good father. A lot of us as parents, you you know that Pastor telling you true, but there's been a lot of times if you raise children's there were, there were a lot of times that you gave your children something that they didn't deserve. And you didn't give them, you didn't give them what they did deserve. Am I preaching or what? Glory. Amen. And God, He loves us a whole lot better than parents love our earthly children down here. And sometimes He gives us because he wants to bless us. But sometimes those blessings become a curse because we, we get to thinking, well, you know, God's a good God. And he, he's a merciful God, and he's going to bless me anyhow. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day that every congregation all over this planet whose head, whose head sponges sitting in the congregation always drawing up somebody else's prayers and pulling from somebody else's fasting, somebody else's dedication and sanctification of God, because when God pours out His blessing, I mean, it just kind of splatters everywhere. Hallelujah. Some There have been a lot of sport folks. Hallelujah. There's going to come a day in time God's going to cut that off. Bless the quietness. Hello. If you want more of God, you're going to have to increase your capacity to hold more God. Hallelujah. He ain't going to, he ain't going to waste it on you. You've got to provide the vessel. That's what that woman did. She had to go, mm, hallelujah. I've got to, I've got to move on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God expects us all to always keep some oil in the house. So that when we can get when we get weak from these things, that we got something to draw from. When God, I want you to be bringing up Zach, Zechariah chapter four and uh, verse six, uh, Sean. Zechariah four and six. When when the Israelites was in Babylon for seventy years, they was releasing, went back home. They had to rebuild the whole city, the temple, the wall, the foundation of the temple, everything. And there was a man by the name of Zerubbabel that God used to help rebuild everything. And when God was using Zerubbabel to rebuild after the seven-year captivity, at one point he must have been over, become overwhelmed by the task. He must have got a little overwhelmed of everything that he had to do because in Zechariah chapter 4, in verse 6, God gave him a word. And this is what he said. 
Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, Me, the me here, was uh, Zerubbabel. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my what? Saith the Lord of hosts. A lot of people quote that and they don't understand what it's saying. The might and the power is not talking about God's might and power. It's talking about man's might and power. And God spoke to Zerubbabel who became overwhelmed of what he had to do in the short time he had to do it in. And God spoke to him and said, it's not going to be by might, or in other words, it's not going to be by your might, your power, your ability. Come on, somebody. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. It depends, Zerubbabel, whether or not you got some oil in the house. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. If we want to do something for God, let's get some oil in the house. There ain't none of us got enough strength. None of us got enough might or power by ourselves to do what we, if I did, if I could do it on my own, I wouldn't just already own this whole block. I'd have this whole neighborhood. Boy, they got to have something built bigger than a municipal auditorium if I could do it by myself. I can't do it. It's not by might, neither by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. you got to have some all in your house. We all need the Spirit of God in our everyday lives if we want to be the light and witness to the world that God has commanded us to be. Hallelujah. This was the purpose of the first church being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, I know, I know we got some Pentecostals. Hallelujah. Take great pride in that name, Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, I'm UPC. UPC, what is that? Underprivileged children? What is that? Hallelujah. Evidently, a lot of people think God gave the first church the power of the Holy Ghost just so they could be called Pentecostal. Hello? Hallelujah. God didn't pour out His Spirit on the day of Pentecost just because a bunch of people could go out here and start putting, putting signs up all over the world and so say, we're Pentecost and we're apostolic. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If we had more people love Jesus as much as they love that apostolic and Pentecostal name, man, we could do something for God. Hallelujah. No. No. I can't. I can't, I can't work with you to go out here and try to win somebody for loss. You're not Pentecost. You're one of them people, hallelujah. You're one of them nominal people. Hello, somebody. When people are dying, lost. Hallelujah. If, if we can get together as believers and tear down some walls, we can win somebody for Jesus. Hallelujah. God didn't fill the early church with the Holy Ghost just to go they could run around and say, well, I'm Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 8. Put that up. Hallelujah. 
He tells us in Acts 1 and 8, and every time we go to Acts 1 and 8, somebody's always talking about the power. Oh, that power, we, we want to break down that word power. We want to talk about that. That power means dunamis, and the same thing means dynamite and all that stuff. That's good. We do. We're going to get power out the Holy Ghost. But why does God give you that power? You shall be what? If you ain't being a witness to the lost and you got the Holy Ghost, you're wasting the oil. You're wasting it. God didn't give it to you so you could run around and jump up and down talking tongues and, and fall out and hit your head on a concrete floor. He gave it to you to be a witness, to be a light to this world. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. If you're not going to be a witness, then give your Holy Ghost back to God. Hello? If you ain't going on your job or in the grocery store when you're buying groceries and everywhere you go, take every opportunity you have to, to let your light shine in some kind of way to God and be a witness to God, then please, hallelujah, say, God, take this back because I'm wasting it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our strength is not enough. we got to have more. Finally, and I'm closing after this. The oil of the Spirit is meant to be poured into vessels. Now, this part right here I'm fixing to tell you is, is, is the most important part of this message today. It's, it carries more weight than anything else that I've said so far. Second Kings 4 and 4, he, uh, the prophet said, when you are coming, he said, you go out there and he said, you, you, you gather these vessels. Hallelujah. He said, you pour into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. Listen to me real close, because I'm fixing to close, and I'm finishing up with this. I want you to understand something. As long as there were empty vessels, the oil continued to flow. Now, this is something that the Spirit of God really quickened my heart that I hadn't ever been really thought about before looking at, at this Scripture this way. When she started, after she went out, collected those vessels and brought them back, then she started taking from the oil that she had in her house, and she poured her oil into those other vessels that she collected. And something miraculous began to happen. Her own vessel, even though she was pouring out into other vessels, Brother Dallas, her, her, her vessel wasn't depleting. That, that, that gauge on the side of that vessel stayed on full. It didn't fall back none. Hallelujah. As long as she was pouring out into other vessels. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, hallelujah. When are you going to start pouring a little bit of what God has given you into somebody else's life? Oh, God. 
all the blessings that God has blessed you with. Hallelujah. Amen. And you testify about and sometimes you even come on the verge of bragging about glory to God. When are you going to start sharing that with somebody else? When are you going to start pouring into somebody else? Glory to God. There's some empty vessels sitting right here could have something poured in them this morning. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's vessels on that street out there, glory to God, that needs glory to God. So all, amen, that you've got in your house, pour it into them. Hallelujah. As long as there was an empty vessel, the oil continued to flow. She had, she had to be the one to go collect the vessels. Elijah didn't do it for her. You hear me? The prophet didn't do it. We got too many people sitting on the church expecting the preacher to do it all. Glory to God. You preach good this morning, Brother Sammy. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, you do this. You, you respect the Sunday school teacher to do it all. Respect the worship leader to do it all. Come on. We're all time expecting somebody else to do it. But if she's the one who needed the miracle. She was the one who had to go out and get some vessels. Every church needs to make sure that we got people that's going out, getting empty vessels and bringing them in. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. As the body of Christ, each individual member is responsible. Hallelujah. I, I watched that I watched that video that you sent me, brother. Hallelujah. I watched a video of a church in a small town, a little town. We talk in Gladeville. Well, we that church finally decided decided from the pastor all the way down to go out and start collecting some vessels. And that church that ain't never had revival, never brought nobody in, went from 30 people to 200 people in 20 months. I'm not talking about 30 years ago. I'm talking about 20 years. I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking, I'm talking about right now, just last year or two. In a little bitty town. What in the world could we do in a town the size of Nashville, Tennessee? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen to me. I'm, I'm going to have to. And God's already been dealing. God, God's already telling me. Part of what God wants me to do in the next few, in the next few weeks of our particular church, and it's not only our church that needs it, but we got churches everywhere that needs they need to do the same thing. And I know God's able to talk to those pastors, take your his sheep, hallelujah. But God, God's put in my heart that I got to start I got to start deprogramming some people because some of us has had some things programmed in our hard drive that ain't right. What is it, brother Sammy? Well, I'm glad you asked. I tell you. It's not the Pentecostal music which makes the oil of the Spirit flow. It's not the professional preacher that makes the oil of the Spirit flow. 
Hallelujah. It's not the saints in the pews banging the tambourines that makes the oil of the Spirit flow. See, we got to deprogram some of us Pentecostal people. Hallelujah. Some people think they can't have church unless they got a ham and, ar- ham and organ go, two or three electric guitars, a set of drums. We got to have that music so we get the Spirit flowing. It's not the music, folks, that makes the Spirit flow. Hallelujah. My keyboard kept going off out on me this morning. Half the time we was playing, hallelujah. But you know what? The worship didn't stop when my keyboard stopped. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's not the Pentecostal music it's, that makes the, the, the oil the flow. It's not the professional preacher. It's not the tambourine beating. Hallelujah. It's the empty vessels which needs filling that makes the spirit flow. Hallelujah. Any church that wants to have the oil flowing, they've got to make sure there's a constant supply of empty vessels, Brother Dallas. As long as we're getting some empty vessels in here, the Spirit is going to flow because it is meant, the whole oil of the Spirit is meant to pour from vessel unto vessel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Vessel unto vessel. Glory to God. Brother Darrell, as you get, get a song ready, I want to, I want to show you something. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a lesson on prosperity. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you how that um, we all know that God's no respecter person, right? So God don't just because of somebody's person just say, well, you know, I like you because I like the color of your eyes. I'm going to bless you a little bit more than this brother up here. You know, God don't do that stuff. But how come How come maybe that some, some saints prosper better than others if God is not a respecter, a person? How does that all come, uh, uh, come, in, come into play? The first thing God told that woman to do was go out and collect vessels. Amen? And so they went out, her and her son, they started collecting vessels. They decided, they decided on their own when they had enough vessels. And what brought them back in the house, and the prophet says now, you start pouring. And then you set them, set them off the side when you get them full. And then, after, the, after you get them all full, you take that oil and you sell it. And with the proceeds, you pay off your debt. And then what's got left, what you got left after you pay your debt, you live off of that. You see? It was in that woman's own power whether or not she drove down the street of Samaria in a Kia or a Cadillac. Hello, somebody. It was her and her son's choice. It all, as long as they had more vessels, the oil would continue to flow. They could have had a, they could have had more and more because as long as there was an empty vessel, the oil was still flowing. So, 
That's why that we shouldn't be, some saints shouldn't be getting jealous over other ch- saints in the church because they might be a, appear to be prospering something more than somebody else's. Maybe, they, maybe they've got out there and they've collected more vessels some kind of way. Hello? Glory. Amen. See, after she paid her debt, ever how many vessels she had left, that's what they left. So, I mean, it was by the jars that she had left, left, whether or not they was going to live like paupers or kings. Hallelujah. Is any oil in the house? Hallelujah. As Brother Darrell sings, everybody stands. And I want everybody to really think. Have you got some oil in your house this morning? If you don't have no oil in your house, I want you to come up here and stand. And we want to we want to anoint you and we want to pray for you. For God to put some oil in your house. Hallelujah. Because you can't make it without the oil. You can't survive without the oil. You need the oil. We got to keep a supply of oil in our house. Brother Darrell saying. Jesus, use me, oh Lord, don't refuse me, surely.